What's going on, guys? This is Dave Heilman, a.k.a. Dynasty Dorks, and this is the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast. We're on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network and presented to you by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com, bachelor's WinBet. at sportsgamblingpodcast.com, bachelor's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. We're also brought to you by the College Football Experience. Get ready for the college football season by checking out all 131 college football team previews. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash CFB. That's again, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash CFB. Make sure you guys go and like and subscribe if you have not already. Appreciate everyone tuning in. We're going to get straight into it. After introductions, we are going to be talking about dynasty trade targets, running backs specifically. Uh, Brad, just want to introduce you. How are you doing today, sir? Good, man. It was a busy day at work. I got my trusty baseball in hand. Got to hear about the second day of kindergarten, uh, the second day of volleyball practice from the teenager. And uh, got that full download beforehand, so I'm in the clear for about an hour until I get called for dinner. So, so let's get it in. <laughs> all right, all right. And we got a special guest on the show, first time on the show. Um, I had the opportunity to talk to Pat at the uh, expo. It was super cool because I was listening to his, you know, one of the fan I was listening to Fantasy Pros on the way up, and one of, one of the first guys that I met, one of the nicest guys, uh, Pat. Thank you for coming on the show. Oh, thanks, Dave. Uh, very kind of you. And uh, yeah, it was great to hang out in Canton and glad we get to hang out again. And uh, it's great to be on with you and Brad. Really looking forward to this. Yeah. So with with, with Dynasty Trade Targets, um, you know, you have your your veterans. Um, one of the best advice that, that I've really been following is you have to be aggressive and you have to go and, and search and seek out trades. Um, if you're just like waiting for trades to come to you, you're going to be too late and you're going to get that notification that Brad or Pat just made a move and it's going to it's going to get under your skin. So one thing that I've been recommending everybody in all my articles is go find the buyers, go find the sellers and identify what's going on to meet your needs. So if you're selling, go identify the buyers, figure out who the buyers are. And I'm not doing it publicly. I'm DMing. I'm saying, hey, Brad, what's going on? Just want to see, are you looking to load up or um, are you looking to, you know, sell off some pieces? Hey, Pat, how's it going? Blah, blah, blah. Because I want to be the first one in line to get the deal done. I do not want to create a feeding frenzy. I do not want to create an auction where I'm saying in the chat, hey, I need a receiver. And then somebody else says, I I, I got receivers. And it turns into a bidding war. Um, but any trade advice out there before we get started, Brad or Pat? Yeah, I would say just a little bit of the opposite, maybe, if I'm trying to sell, right? I, I want to create that feeding frenzy if I'm trying to sell, not keep it on the on the DL. So I'm definitely throwing a highlight reel of somebody or some good <laughs> news out there and then putting them on the trade block and letting the offers kind of come in. And I'm I'm despicable. I will flat out show the trade offers from one player to the other and say, hey, if you can beat this, then we've got a deal. If you can't beat this, then I'm probably going to move it to this individual. And I will bid them against each other all day, every day, and twice on Sunday. That, Yeah, uh, I like doing that in my home leagues, like putting out a text about some guy I'm thinking about dealing and maybe like some sort of group text like that is maybe going – on a, about some other subject entirely and sort of mention it, uh, you know, that I'm, I'm maybe looking to shop some guy and all of a sudden I'll, I'll open up my email and I've got two offers from two of the guys who are on the text text chain. Um, I like for me, the key about trading is always just like, make sure you're giving the other uh, owner something of value, you know, make sure like it put yourself in their shoes and make sure like it makes some sense from their perspective. Otherwise you're just spinning your wheels and wasting your time. You know, like there are a lot of spam traders out there. Uh, I don't like to be that guy. I, you know, like to, to be productive and start on a realistic footing with an offer, something that I think has a good chance to be accepted as is 
or is it at least close enough where we're talking about like minor throw-ins that that can grease the wheels to get it done now i i love how you, you put that in there and that exactly uh ties in what i was what i was saying um when you're going around de- you know looking for the you know inventorying who are the sellers you identify there's three or four guys that are selling then you take an inventory of their roster um but if it's a competitive roster they're not going to be like, well, I'm going to give you my starting running back for a receiver when I have six. Um, so, you know, finding someone that matches, hey, Brad, I think that, you know, like your team looks really good. Uh, you you may need a, a receiver or a tight end. I got some extra running backs. Um, you know, I, I got I, I got a need for a running back. I got some extra receivers and tight ends. We look like we're a possible good match. And then going from there. And I also like what you said. I don't got time to, to mess around. Um, so I'm not going to start out with a super low ball offer. Um, if I want to get it done, I'm going to send something reasonable and then be able to work from there. All right, well, let's, let's go straight to the buys and sells. Um, Pat, you're the, you're the guest. Uh, what's uh, one buy you'd like to talk about? I want to find the guy who is panic selling Antonio Gibson. And, uh, like I'm, I'm hot and heavy after Antonio Gibson right now. Cause I don't think his stock is ever going to be lower than it is right now. Uh, you know, there's panic that Brian Robinson is going to steal his job, even though, you know, Brian Robinson is a much worse prospect than Antonio Gibson was. And, uh, it, it doesn't help that Antonio Gibson is suddenly on kick return duty, but, um, here's a guy who's as big and as fast as Jonathan Taylor is a former college wide receiver, scored double-digit touchdowns in his first two years in the league, and has finished top 12, I think, maybe I was checking half PPR scoring, but top 12 in half PPR at least the first two years, and, and maybe full PPR too. And like we're jumping through windows to get off the bandwagon here. Like I, I don't understand that. Oh, and he just turned 24 years old. So it's yeah. like the, the window is wide open. He's younger than Kenny Pickett, for God's sake. So, um, like, I, I don't understand the willingness to just abandon this dude who is such a... Like, if he hadn't gotten his chance yet, like, fantasy Twitter would be screaming uh, from the rooftops for this guy. Free Antonio Gibson. Well, he's already been freed, and he was really productive. And now people want to bail on him. So, uh, agreed that the depth chart issue is somewhat problematic the fumbling issue is you know i mean guys fumble till they don't like tiki barber earlier in his career i mean Devonte adams had a big problem with drops his first two years in the league like so these things often just kind of go away so i'm not too worried about that but the the depth chart thing it's a nuisance but like I don't know. I feel like it's going to resolve itself. And I feel like in minimum, Antonio Gibson is going to be getting 12 touches a game this year, in which case, you know, if it's a, a you know non-best ball dynasty league, a managed one, you can still throw him into a flex spot and not have to worry that he's just not going to show up and get any touches. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm going after this guy. I still think there's a ceiling that he hasn't hit yet. Um, and like, there's just blood in the streets right now. And, and what was what was it the Warren Buffett said? Like the time to buy is when there's blood in the streets. And right now it's uh, it's flowing for Antonio Gibson. Yeah. And, and Twitter is an emotional group. Um, so I was, just, we were, I was going, going back and forth with someone and they were talking about July ADP. And I was like, stuff happened this weekend that has seismically changed the market. And so even like Brad's got the, you know, the ADP up right now, he's 53rd overall and 17 as far as the running backs. I would bear to say that if you draft it today, it is much, much lower than that. I actually got a mock draft from last night that I'm going to pull up here in a little, just kind of see where people are at. I, I put a poll out there in response to this guy of just, if you drafted today, redraft, who would you rather have, Brian Robinson or Antonio Gibson? Because he told me it was an anomaly that someone would take Brian Robinson over Gibson. It was 53% Gibson. 47% of people would, would take Brian Robinson over him. That's just... That's that's a lot, um, and and uh, I, I really do I, I agree that this is you know a, a time where he's not going to be any lower. Um, Brad, I saw you pumping the fist. Any any disagreements there? No, I 100% agree with everything. I've been that truther for him all off season, saying just ignore the noise, do not panic, sell right now. It's the worst time. I'm in a best ball draft going on right now on underdog. He went in the eighth round. Oh. That is disgusting value. I mean, it's it's ridiculous that he's falling that low. 
I mean, guys like he went right after Rashad Penny. And guess who took him right after Rashad Penny? This guy. Like, I just, you can't pass up value like that. So he, he could have dropped further. Quite possibly, yeah. yeah. Pat, anything else on Gibson before we move on? No, I mean, amazing value. I can't believe he would go in the eight. Like, he's still so young and young and accomplished. And he's he's sliding that far. It's crazy. Brad, you got to buy for us? Yeah, I'm going to go similar, but a little bit different flavor. And that's going to be running back for the Baltimore Ravens, J.K. Dobbins. Currently ADP RB17 uh, in Dynasty. But, you know, what, what type of running back do we want on our team? We want young. Check. We want a guy who's on a team that runs the ball. Check. To feed into that, we've got a team in the Baltimore Ravens who was third in overall rushing yards last year with – Lamar Jackson missing half the season. They were number one in rushing yards in 2020. They were number one in rushing yards in 2019. And that's even with the removal of Lamar Jackson rushing for his thousand yards. These guys know how to move the ball. And we're talking about a player that is extremely explosive right now. He avoided the pup, which is a good sign. And, and we're talking dynasty anyway. So this is the long term. This is a super young guy. They drafted a center to shore up that offensive line. Fingers crossed that Ronnie Stanley can come back, come back healthy, even though I know the guys played like one game in the last two or three seasons with the Baltimore Ravens. But the value is the driver at this point for me. Because normally, it's what's it going to cost to get this guy? There are trades going down that are Chase Edmonds, Melvin Gordon, a third, Melvin Gordon, and a third round draft pick for J.K. Dobbins. I will take that trade 10 times, 11 times out of 10 times. CEH, Tony Pollard, and his Isaiah Pacheco for J.K. Dobbins. These are trades that went, have gone down in the last couple of days. That is crazy to me that that is how cheap J.K. Dobbins is. The, the one that's starting to get me to think now is a positional change between him and Mike Williams. Now you got some thinking to do, right? What your team needs look like. You've got the high upside in Mike Williams. That's a little bit tougher decision to make. I think in a vacuum, you can't really make it. But those other two trades, to me, make J.K. Dobbins a huge buy asset for your dynasty team right now. Pat, thoughts on J.K. Dobbins? Yeah, I'm pretty much with Brad here. Like, I mean, I, I think it's a, a slight dip to buy. It's not a, a full-scale panic like Antonio Gibson. But there is a dip for sure since we've he's been out of sight, out of mind for a year and um yeah i just remember the prospect we saw coming out of ohio state and how he just uh trampled my wisconsin badgers in college um like the guy's a, a fantastic prospect and he can catch passes like normally i'd worry about a guy who maybe seems like he has a limited pass catching ceiling but i think that's only limited by the team and the system and not by the player's ability um in this case so it's possible Two years from now, we're talking about Dobbins in another setting, and and maybe they unlock the pass catching potential. But as it is, I mean, we saw the rushing potential two years ago, and it was pretty spectacular. So, um, a lot to like here for sure. Yeah, I like the Linderbaum as well as the Morgan Moses additions to the offensive line, center and right tackle. You need two good tackles in this league, um, and you know Villanueva was just past his prime when they tried to throw him in there last year. Uh, I'm going to bring up Ken Walker. Um, you'll see a trend with mine. Um, you know, I want to get running backs and I want to get running backs before they pop. And with Ken Walker, I'm seeing him, you know, slip in rookie drafts and recently done. We had rookie drafts and Damian Pierce and some of these other guys are, are getting up on him. You know, people get worried about, you know, the groin injury, the, the Seattle offense, all this stuff. Seattle has always had good fantasy running backs. And I want the, the person that looks to be the long-term fantasy, you know, long-term starter for this team. Rashad Penny got a one-year deal. He did not get a three, four-year deal. And we've seen Rashad Penny. I've seen projections where Rashad Penny is supposed to double his career production this year. I, I just, I cannot trust Rashad Penny. And I, I thank him because he is keeping Ken Walker at a reasonable price. If he was out of there, you would not be able to go acquire Ken Walker right now. Um, he jumped up in competition going from Wake Forest to Michigan State. Absolutely balled out last year. And people that have concerns about his, you know, passing game potential, 
I'm not concerned about it whatsoever. We saw what he looked like in Indianapolis at the Combine. This guy is fast. He's athletic. You know, you're you're a Big Ten guy, Pat. I talked with, uh, you know, I talked with uh, Michael F. Florio about this, and you know, I don't know what it is about maybe the grassy fields in the Big Ten or whatever, but people have this thing where they think the Big Ten guys are slow, and then you go to the Combine, you see him on turf, and you're like, okay, yeah, they got athletes too, and and they produce extremely good running backs. Um, I, I think he's going to be a, a good player, and I, I'm not worried about Rashad Penny. Yeah, you may have to be worried a little bit year one. But right now in your startups, I think he's someone that you, you can you can get. And I don't think after the first month of football, the price is going to be the same. So what what are your thoughts on Ken Walker? Oh, I'm with you. Um, and to me, he was he should have been the 102. And I think if we redrafted today, I'd still take him 102 in a rookie draft. Maybe 103. Maybe it's uh, a toss-up between Drake London. But um yeah, I really like him. I mean, 1,600 rushing yards, 18 touchdowns at Michigan State um, for a team that just doesn't throw to its running back. So you can't really judge the pass catching output based on what he did at Michigan State. But like he was going up against some tough defenses, too. I mean, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, those are legit uh, defenses. So I love the guy. And then he just, as you mentioned, went out and, uh, you know, lit up the combine. So I think he's a great prospect and just. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a, a bad NFL start for him because he goes to this lousy offense with a bad offensive line, um, sitting behind a guy who was tearing it up late last season. So he's kind of, you know, got to be on, on uh, ice for at least a little while. And then the hernia thing. So, um, yeah, the stock may be down a little bit right now, but this is a guy I, I really want to have for the future. And I'm glad I have him in a couple of my dynasty teams. Same here. Uh, so we're going to take a quick little break and be right back. I want to talk to you guys about Win. Uh, if you're thinking about joining WinBet, now is the perfect time. New customers who bet $100 get a $100 free bet. If you're betting baseball, you have to check out WinBet. The reduced juice in baseball games makes the best place to play MLB. Plus, the, the WinBet casino is always open 24 hours a day where you can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. Win also released its first, uh, first QB with five TDs prop bets. Uh, there's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash winbet so they know we sent you. On the sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. You must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, please have them call 1-800-522-4700. And look. We all love making game day bets, player prop bets, but we always want to find the best odds. Well, now go to Odd Trader. It is the place to compare odds from all the major sports books. You can also compare different sign-up codes and promotions from sportsbook to sportsbook to get, make sure you get the best deal possible. The app, it, the app also provides player statistics, key game stats, injury reports, and projected game day weather so that you as a better can make the most informed bets possible. It also has a bet tracker so that you can keep track of the records of all your games and your betting activity. So go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Again, that's oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Oddstrader, the number one site for all your game day bets. And don't forget about Run Your Pool. Uh, SGPN is doing a survivor contest on Run Your Pool. You want to make sure you get, um, get involved with that. So everyone knows what a survivor contest is. You're going to pick a team that you think is guaranteed to win that week. And you do that every week for the season. The only catch, you can't pick the same team twice. It's a lot of fun. You can do it with your league mates. You can do it with your friends. You can do it with your coworkers. And Run Your Pool is the best place to do it. Run Your Pool is the home of competition, bringing sports fans and social circles together to compete, connect, and make every game matter more. Run Your Pool offers every game type under the sun from Pick'em to Survivor to Fantasy Pools. It's a one-stop shop for sports gaming with customizable features that you don't get anywhere else. We've teamed up with our RYP, like I told you. We're hosting our official SGPN NFL Survivor Contest. Hop in now to reserve your spot. $500 cash plus $250 gift certificate to the SGPN store to the winner. Sign up today over at play.runyourpool.com bashless SGPN. That's play.runyourpool.com bashless SGPN. All right, the words of Joe, back to the action. All right, Pat, 
another buy. Let's go with A.J. Dillon. Um, I think there was a subtle shift last year for the Packers that maybe some non-Packers fans didn't notice, but since I'm a, a lifelong Packers fan, I certainly noticed um, in the last eight games that Dillon and Aaron Jones played together in the regular season. Uh, Dillon had 13.7 carries a game and Jones 10.2. And Dillon also kind of assumed most of the goal line duty. So um, I, I think he's kind of the main early down guy now, although Jones is probably going to start, be the ceremonial starter, and still play a lot. And um, like for the short term, this team is really set up well in the post Devonte Adams era to, I think they're going to run the ball at a higher rate. And Aaron Rodgers is probably going to target his running backs at a higher rate. And even though Dylan really didn't catch any passes at Boston college, sort of like Ken Walker at Michigan state um, last year, he was like crazy efficient. I think he caught like 32 or 36 targets or something yeah. like that. But um, you know, we, we know that, the Packers are going to run the ball a lot probably late in the year in the most important games of the year because uh, it's cold up in the Midwest and they play a lot of outdoor games. And um, the other thing is that the Packers have a really good defense now, like maybe the best they've had since like the Reggie White, Leroy Butler era. So they're going to be in a lot of really run-friendly game scraps. And I could see Dylan getting like 15, 16 carries pretty consistently throughout the season and maybe having an outside shot at like eight, nine, ten touchdowns. Uh, well, outside shot at ten. I wouldn't be surprised at all by eight. But uh, you know, the joke used to be that the Packers' goal line back was Devonta Adams. And now that Adams isn't around, maybe they actually do start handing the ball off more at the goal line. Although Rodgers does like to, to you know, throw down there. But uh, we'll see. Anyway, I just think all things are kind of pointing up for Dylan, and uh, he's been really good so far early in his career. I mean, he is just a load to try to tackle, kind of a traditional back, not the kind of guy you usually chase in Dynasty, but I think uh, everything is sort of pointing in the right direction here. Absolutely. Brad, what are your thoughts? No, I 100% agree. The metrics don't lie either, right? If you dig into some of the metrics around A.J. Dillon, he's a pretty efficient back from that standpoint as well. He creates a good amount of yardage. Uh, and you like Pat said, the touchdowns are going to be there for him. I do worry a little bit about his ADP because it's real. I mean, there's a lot of hype around him right now. He's starting to creep up. He's in that like RB 25 range right now. So for for that return to really be there, he he that's the right spot for him, right? But you don't always want to draft somebody right in that sweet spot. You you'd like to get a little bit of value. Uh, but and he's starting to creep up out of that. But I definitely think there's there's some upside there for sure. All right, uh, I no disagreements from me. I, I love the pick, and uh, I got a lot of AJ Dillon. Um, Brad, another buy. Yeah, very similar type situation. I'm going to go with running back from the New England Patriots, Ramondre Stevenson, very much ADP-wise in the same range as A.J. Dillon. He's coming off the board as uh, running back 30 in Dynasty right now. And there is a crap ton of hype around Ramondre Stevenson. They've got targets up for grabs with the loss of Brandon Bolden and James White's retirement. They've got about 50 targets that went to the running back that have to go somewhere. Damian Harris has historically not been that guy, hasn't really been his skill set when he came out of Alabama. So you got to imagine, unless they give the shot at Pierre Strong or Ty Montgomery really is a thing, then Ramondre Stevenson uh, is going to get a portion of those receptions. Not to mention the fact that all of his metrics are off the chart. He creates the second most total yards out of any other back in the league right now when you look at metrics. Coupled with that, he has the second most rushing attempts that are going up against eight men in the box, and he's still creating the most yards. So if he gets any break in that that stack box, he's just going to explode. And I think the value, again, some of the recent trades that he's going for makes him a huge buy. David Njoku and a second for Ramondre Stevenson. Smash it. A second round pick plus a little bit. Right. There were multiple that had wide receivers in that 40 to 50 range from an ADP standpoint. That is just an absolute smash play, in my opinion, for a guy that has the upside and the likelihood to quite possibly be the lead back in New England after this season. So, Pat, should we be afraid just because the helmet, because he's got New England back or um, any 
Any thoughts on uh, Ramondre Stevenson as you buy yourself? No, I mean, I know it's a, a chronic committee there and that uh, they're, they're even um, – Oh God! Now I'm blanking on the name. The guy who used to uh, Montgomery. Um, yeah, Ty Montgomery. Like trying to maybe work him into the mix. But no, I'm not worried about him. I love the skill set for Ramondre. I love a big dude with like really nifty feet and pass catching ability. Like he is a, a unique combination of of skills. And um, you know, I know I, I was talking to Joe Dolan a while ago, and he had a beat writer series on his uh, on the. Um, uh, fantasy points podcast network and he was talking to andrew callahan the patriots beat writer for the boston herald he predicted that Ramondre was going to kind of overtake damian harris in that backfield this year so i like the call a lot yeah and we know that uh alec uh, we know andrew erickson's a, a big fan he's he definitely said it's yes. stevenson season so um so my, my next buy is isaiah spiller um and i know that isaiah spiller was starting to move up the ranks a little bit um since then, it's moved down, um, you know. And, and with Isaiah Spiller, I really do think it's it's not only the fact that he's that that quote unquote handcuff to um, to Austin Eckler, but I think they're going to use him. And Austin Eckler came out himself and said that they're going to use him. Um, so uh, Austin Eckler was second in the league last year in goal line touches. Um, this is going to be a very good offense. I don't think they're going to pound him as a, as a hammer like they did last year. Um, now they have him. They did last year had Justin Jackson, who's been everyone's you know, Twitter. He's number one in your heart, but he's not really, you know, he's been a guy spot star every once in a while, Joshua Kelly. Um, so um, I really do think that Isaiah Spiller could be someone that could give you production this year, um, but also could be the long-term starter. Austin Eckler's 27, be 28 next year. Um, could be the long-term starter there in LA with Justin Herbert and that explosive offense. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And like, I'm not, uh, th this talk about Josh Kelly running in front of, like we've seen Josh Kelly, he's not any good. And Spiller as a prospect was right there with uh, Brees Hall and uh, Ken Walker pretty much until they got to the combine and Hall and Walker had great combines and, and Spiller did not. So that really created separation there. But um, yeah, like I, I think he is going to be the early down guy eventually. And we know like, not only the Chargers, uh, not only do they want to relieve some of Eckler's load, Eckler wants them to relieve some of the load. Like, he's talked openly about it. So um, they want someone to step up, and I think Spiller will be the guy. All right. All right. Next guy. Next spot, Pat. All right. So this guy's more in the uh, pocket change throw-in variety. But Dearness Johnson, like, if I can get someone to, to toss him in as a little bit of juice in a trade – like, he's playing on a one-year deal. He's only 36. He kind of balled out whenever he, he uh, you know, got the call last year. I think that, that memorable Thursday night game against the Broncos when he just uh, ripped them apart. I think he was PFF's highest-graded runner last year, albeit in a relatively small sample size. I don't know. I, I Like, I think this guy is okay. And, you know, what happens if they do decide to move Kareem Hunt to some running back needy team at some point this year? Or what if they move Dearness Johnson to a running back needy team? Like, I think there are potential outs here for him to, uh, you know, this is like kind of an open-ended straight flush draw where one card comes and it could make something big for Dearness Johnson. Like, you're not holding anything right now, but there's a chance that it could turn into something better. So um, considering like, you know, if you look at some of the, the dynasty trade calculators, it's pretty much uh, pocket limp, like a third round, you know, not even a third round pick next year, like maybe a fourth. I don't know. Um, yeah. It, but it, it's not much, man. And, and he's, if you've got a, a 30, 30 man roster, 28 man roster, like he's not a bad 28th or 30th man to have. I agree completely with, uh, you know, with, with the Ernest Johnson, uh, it got a, maybe the price went up a little bit whenever the Kareem Hunt news came out, but as soon as he went back to training and that request was denied, I mean, he's going super late. I'm going to pull up a mock once you get done with the buys and go to the cells and show you where he's going. I mean, it's super cheap and this team could be out of the playoff hunt long before Deshaun Watson gets to play football this year. And at that point, he's in the last year of his contract. He obviously wants an extension. 
they may try to get some of that capital back. They spent a lot of draft capital to, to attain Deshaun Watson. It would only make sense. I know they're not going to get a ton for a running back, but even if it's a third or a fourth round pick, that that it's probably worth it for a team that, you know, at that point is, you know, two and four or, or three and five. Sorry, Brad. No, yeah, that, I mean, that's 100% accurate. This dude is a stud. I'm a huge Cleveland Browns fan to begin with, so you got to take a little bit of bias from me on Dearness Johnson. But I do see a world, Dave, where you're spot on, but I don't think they move Dearness Johnson. I think they move Kareem Hunt if they fall oh, that's out what of I the – that's what because I there's more. there's going to be more capital there, and then they'll re-sign Dearness Johnson, uh, and they'll have Jerome Ford as the third there. Uh, so, yeah, I, I love it. I, I'll tell you right now, he's on – He's on waiver wires in some smaller dynasty leagues. So, I mean, you get him for free. Ford so. is. Um, so just throw a little bonus one out there. Jerome Ford, if you can't get Johnson, Jerome Ford might be uh, might be on there on the waiver wire um, or even cheaper to, to get. So, Brad, who's your next buy? Yeah, my last one, Saquon Barkley. It's a little bit more expensive, but you're getting a guy who has been the number one overall running back at a discount. People are worried about him because of his injuries, and I get it. But it's odd to me that people aren't worried about CMC, but they're worried about Saquon. Like, they're, they're almost the exact same issue. You've seen basically no production from the two of them over the last two years because they they couldn't stay on the field. So it, it's odd to me that CMC you've seen go number one overall in some drafts, uh, whether it be best ball or dynasty versus Saquon coming off the board at RB12 in dynasty leagues. Everything is down on him right now. The metrics are all down if you look at last season, but you got to remember this dude was, he was still playing injured. He ended up, I think it was a foot injury he came into uh, early last season that he was playing on. So there are things that are recency biased. But when I can go and move Tony Pollard and a slew of seconds, I'm going to do that for Saquon Barkley. When I can move Brandon Ayuk, Chase Claypool, and a second, for Saquon Mark, I'm going to do that also. So there, there are some trades out there, some package deals that people are taking, trying to get more of a roster build than, you know, Saquon himself. So I just think he's a value right now, and it's an upside play for sure. Pat, thoughts on Saquon? Yeah, calculated risk for sure. I mean, we haven't seen him look like that special athlete since, you know, 2020 or uh, – well, actually more like 2019, but um, we know it's probably still there. We know what a remarkable pass catcher he is, and and he's um, you know probably a, a good bet to lead all running backs in pass receptions, especially based on what we're hearing about Dable's usage of him, like lining him up in the slot, moving him all over the formation. So, um, like, it, it is a calculated risk, I think, worth taking if you have a hole at running back. And, and he could sort of answer it with an exclamation point. Yeah, and to throw a, a really uh, check your waiver wires, Antonio Williams did seem to be the backup for him. Um, it's not a 100% certain thing. And with all the cuts and things coming, you could see anyone. They also worked out Devontae Booker last month. But they, they gave him a full complement of snaps. He played all four quarters, but he started the game with the offense. Jay Sean Corbin came in as the second guy and Corbin also probably will make the roster due to his special teams chops. He's a good returner. Um, but Antonio Williams looked pretty good. He did get the touchdown. Um, but more than that, he got the majority of the carries with the starters. And uh, I think he would be the guy if um, Saquon were to go down. And I, the next day I went and scooped him up and dropped, you know, Will Fuller or Josh Rosen or something like that, you know, David Johnson, Drop them for him. So if you got a, a spot on your roster for for just somebody, he's someone that can get a big opportunity in a short time. We've seen Wayne Gallman and Devontae Booker be fantasy relevant out of nowhere if Saquon were to go down. Um, the last guy I want to talk about, and I'm going to switch up a little bit from what I put on the show sheet. I'm going to talk about Rashad White. Um, I did talk about Zamir White a little bit. I know the Kenyon Drake news kind of changed his market. But Rashad White is um, – he's someone that is a pass-catching back. Um, and when I was you know, listening to fantasy pros the other day, um, you know, they were, you know, some really smart guys were talking about how, um, receiving yards in college translates to the NFL. And we know as far as, you know, uh, fantasy production targets are worth, they're, they're worth more than carries. And this is an offense that almost targeted the, the running back position. Well, they actually not almost over a hundred targets to the running back position last year. 
Most of them went to Leonard Fournette, who does not profile as a pass-catching back, but Ronald Jones has stone hands. Giovanni Bernard can't stay healthy, and they just don't trust or like Keyshawn Vaughn. Bruce Arians obviously had something to do with Rashad White being picked. The best profile for this guy has been David Johnson. Not saying he is going to be David Johnson, but this guy is going to get on the field. This is a Tom Brady offense that Tom Brady does not want to be touched. Whatever running back is out there needs to be ready to, to get the ball. And they lost a lot of targets to the tight end position and tight end position targets. If they don't go to a new tight end, they typically correlate back to the running back. And so you could see more targets there. Um, and Leonard Fournette, you know, he's missed some time. He's been banged up and things like that. The word is that Rashad White's going to be the backup. He's one play away from a large opportunity and his, you know, he could be someone that skyrockets and I'd rather get him now when I got to pay a second um, versus, you know, next, next month when I got to pay a first. Pat, your thoughts on Rashad White? Like him a lot. And uh, not only is he a good pass catcher, but supposedly is a pretty good pass blocker too. So they won't be terrified to put him on the field with Brady. Um, and yeah, like, I mean, it, it was such a perfect setup for Leonard Fournette since they didn't trust Vaughn. They didn't trust Ronald Jones. Giovanni Bernard was hurt. And now I think they're going to parcel out a little more of that workload and Rashad White's going to get a little bit early on. And again, if anything happened to Fournette, um, you know, I don't like what's happened to that offensive line, but still, um, as far as like opportunity for White, I do think he will have a chance. And, and at some point, like, I think he's going to get a, a pretty good number of snaps some point during the season, whether injury or on the merits. Yeah, the, the offensive line issues, uh, that, that could force them to be more of a you know short passing game versus a long passing game. If you can't protect Brady, um, you know, he's you know, 45 years old. He's not, he's not looking to get, get touched. Um, and the, they know that their season hinges on him, and they're not going to want to let him get touched. Um, let's check in with the sponsors real quick and get right back to everybody. Uh, speaking of Sleeper, it's the fastest-growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. They just passed 4 million users, and now you can win on Sleeper by playing their new over and under game. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to 20 times the money you put in. The NFL season is right around the corner. Sleeper is the first sports contest built into the fantasy experience. The main reason I'm excited about uh, the over-under contest on Sleeper, it's the only app where I can join my buddies' contest and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friends' picks. With a tap of a button. It's insanely fun. We can ride out together. Stop doing what you, stop what you're doing now and download the Sleeper app. You can play the over-under game, have fun with your friends, and make some money on your mobile phone. Join the listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com SGP, and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. Again, go to sleeper.com SGP. You'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms, conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Yeah, and look, most of us, I'm not going to say all, but most of us are coffee fiends in the morning. If not, you're drinking tea. But we're going to focus on trade coffee. We're talking about expert tasted coffee where they have a team who actually tastes thousands of different coffees to sh be ready to ship to you any and every day. There's no one perfect coffee, but there probably is a perfect coffee for you. And Trade's human-powered algorithm is going to find that. Maybe your friends call you a coffee snob, or maybe you just really know what good coffee tastes like and when it tastes perfect. Trade's real coffee experts personally taste over 450 roasts, so they know exactly what to recommend to you. So right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping when you go to drinktrade.com SGP. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. So get started by taking your quiz at drinktrade.com slash SGP and let trade find you a coffee that you're going to love. Again, that's drinktrade.com slash SGP for $30 off. I don't know about you guys, but I need some coffee right now. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to bring this up. We did this last night. And again, I feel like there's a lot of conversations going on. And with ADP, sometimes it's it's not it's not as new and updated as we need to. A lot of these places do have filters and things like that. So make sure you're filtering your ADP. Um, things change. And, and like I said, like people were hearing the rumblings about Antonio Gibson and maybe had a little bit of concern. 
But when they actually saw it on Saturday or Sunday, whatever they played, the market changed. And it changed tremendously. And you can do what Pat's talking about. It's, you see the blood in the water and you take advantage of it. Um, or you can look at old old ADP and not even like test the market. If you go out there and somebody, you know, you say, hey, what's Antonio Gibson's price? And they're like two first. Okay, then the, the market hasn't changed for that guy. But I promise you there's someone out there panicking right now. And you can go take advantage. Um, some of the guys we talked about earlier, you, know, you can see where they're going on this board. Um, you know, just for example, Saquon Barkley's at 4.06. This is a super flex dynasty startup. Ken Walker honestly went way earlier than I expected. I don't think you're going to have to pay fourth round prices for him. Went in the fourth round, probably more of a fifth or sixth round pick, but you know, that's an average ADP is going to have the highs and the lows. JK Dobbins in the fourth round. Um, we also, you know, we talked about AJ Dillon sixth round. That's a much better value. And if I said, you know, hey, you could get Nick Chubb in the fourth or A.J. Dell in the sixth, uh, I think that's something that you definitely would be, you know, thinking about. And Ramondre Stevenson, he went the 10th round over here. Uh, amazing value. Isaiah Spiller had amazing value. And then Rashad White went down here to the 12th. Um, and, of course, I was the one that selected Isaiah Spiller. That's my guy. So, um, Pat, what is uh, – if you're, gonna, you're buying people, who are you selling? Start with Najee Harris. Sometimes if you want to get a big fish, you've got to uh, use choice bait. And I think Najee falls into that. Like, I'm not ripping on Najee. I, I think he's, uh, you know, you got to love the versatility that he's a big dude who's good at the goal line, can catch passes and all that, and can be a true three down back. Um, but, like, he's probably going to be doomed to run behind a bad offensive line for a few years since uh, the Steelers elected to get a quarterback in the first round instead of addressing weaknesses on the offensive line, especially at the tackle position. Um, and, like, he's not really an explosive guy. I don't think he had his first run of 20 or more yards until, like, week 16 or 17 of last year. So he, he really needs the volume. And maybe he's not going to continue to have the sort of volume that he had as a rookie year after year after year. Yeah, um, you saw Saquon Barkley kind of uh, volume in the passing game when Eli Manning was the last year of his career and he was just dumping it off. Um, you know, you're not going to see that. He only had 30 goal line touches last year, um, so hopefully that goes up for him. Um, you know, the offense might be, you know, probably be better without Ben Roethlisberger. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. It's uh, if you're going to go fishing, you're going to have to sell something that people want. And a lot of people, including myself, like Najee Harris. Brad, thoughts about Najee as a, as a sell? Yeah, I wrote, I put him in my running back regression article, right? I think it's pretty obvious. You can't count on a guy to get 400 looks at touching the ball uh, every season. Now, I think the one thing that's kind of working in his favor is the touchdown efficiency was extremely low. Uh, based on the number of touches and the yardage that he got, he did not score an equivalent number of touchdowns with that. So you hope that efficiency kind of offsets the fact that he's not going to touch the ball 400 times or close to 400 times. So, but he's definitely a sell in my book as well, based on what you can get out of him. So, Yeah, and you're getting him at 108. He was the second running back off the board in this draft. Most people have him as the second or third dynasty, you know, dynasty running back. So if you could double down and get, you know, Get somebody, um, you know, some of these some of these guys like a like a J.K. Dobbins or a Saquon Barkley and Nick Chubb. Plus, you're going to get a whole lot more um, because this guy's going as the number two overall. And in your one quarterback leagues, he's in he's a top three or four pick. Um, Brad, who do you got to sell for us? Yeah, so my first is going to be running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Travis Etienne. So his his ADPs RB eleven right right now, and it's just a little too rich for me. But it's not just because of the rankings it, it goes back to the cost and what can you get out of this player but there's a few things that you should know about before you ever shop a player just based on cost right they've got a new head coach and doug peterson in the past the eagles have never really had a a lead back right they had ryan matthews there for a little while garrett blunt josh adams miles sanders but none of them ever carried the ball more than 179 times that's not enough to warrant an rb11 unless you get elite pass volume like an alvin Kamara esque type of reception total or target total only twice 
has Doug Peterson had a back with 70 or more receptions? So now you're starting to wonder, okay, well, he needs the receptions to get there. And Doug Peterson's only done that a couple seasons. Can we depend on that? I just I just don't know, especially coming off of that foot injury. And when you can see guys like Michael Gallup and Najee Harris go for Travis Etienne and a first, that's pretty interesting. Even though we just talked about selling Najee, I think I'd rather have Najee and, and Michael Gallup over uh, Travis Etienne and a first. When you think about in a super flex league, you see two starting quarterbacks in Kenny Pickett and Davis Mills go for Travis Etienne. I'm thinking about that. That's a little risky, right? You got Kenny Pickett not proving anything yet, may not even start the first few games of the season, if at all this season, and Davis Mills, who could potentially be replaced. But depending on how you feel about those guys, two starting quarterbacks in a super flex league is pretty good value for a guy who hasn't even touched the NFL field yet in an actual game. Pat, thoughts on Travis? Yeah, um, Brad, you make some good points about the, the usage with Doug Peterson and, and maybe the trends um, are a little foreboding there. Um, I I do like him, though. I think I'm taking uh, ETN in the first over Najee and Gallup. Um, and, like, what's encouraging to me is that he is really the only explosive player I think they have in that offense right now. Maybe Christian Kirk uh, could count, but, like, I, I think it – would be to their in their best interest to get him the ball as much as possible. And I do think he could be, you know, a, like an outside shot to, to lead all running backs in, in pass receptions this year. Like, I'm not saying he's the favorite or anything, but, like, it wouldn't shock me if he caught that many balls. Yeah, yeah no, that's to... definitely – I mean, when you think about it, it's college teammates, right, him and Trevor right. Lawrence. So right. that rapport's there. So that's, that's absolutely a, a valid point for sure. So we have four more cells for you. So please hang in there. We got one last word from the sponsors before we get out of here. Um, the first one that I want to talk to you guys about is Babbel. For most of us, learning a second language in high school or college wasn't exactly our high point uh, of our academic careers. I know myself, want to impress the ladies, learn a little Spanish. It just came out like Spanglish. Um, now thanks to Babbel, the learning language app that sold more, more than 10 million subscriptions. Um, there's addictive, they're addictively fun, easy ways to learn new languages. Whether you, you'll, feel, you'll, be, you'll be traveling abroad or connecting in a deeper way with your family or just have some free time, Babbel teaches you bite-sized language lessons that you actually use in the real, real world. I know when I'm going to the store, if I learn something new off of Babbel, I want to I impress, the, you know, impress the, the people there that I've, I've at least, you know, made an, a, a, you know, at least uh, made an attempt to um, learn their language, or if I've learned something, I want to impress my friends, you know, it sounds cool. Um, Babbel's 15-minute lessons make it a perfect way to learn a new language on the go. Other, other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans, but Babbel lessons were created by over 100 language experts. Their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective. Within Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German, plus Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you improve and improve your pronunciation and accent. Um, there are so many ways you can learn on Babbel in addition to lessons. They have, they have podcasts, games, videos, stories, and even live lessons. Um, plus, it comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee. Start your new language learning today with Babbel. Right now, you can save up to 60% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com backslash SGP. That's babbel.com backslash SGP for up to 60% off your subscription. Babbel, language for life. All right, look. It is almost the start of the NFL season, and I'm telling you, we all love this time of year. And if you're into sports betting or fantasy like we are, and if chances are you're tuning in, you do, you need that competitive edge to win, which is why we recommend the Elias Game Plan app. It is the ultimate sports betting and fantasy companion for the NFL, the NBA, and the MLB. The Elias Game Plan is the only sports app from the most trusted name in sports stats, the Elias Sports Bureau, which is the official statistician of the U.S. pro sports leagues, which includes, guess what, the NFL. Their app lets you access team and player stats, head-to-head -head team comparisons, and Elias insights from the Elias Sports Bureau's research team. And the app really is one of your one-stop sources for everything. Player news, league-validated player stats, team records, expert game analysis, building how to build a team, how to impress your friends. 
It's just perfect for the preseason, and you get your player previews to help you draft a winning fantasy team and team previews so that you know what to expect as the regular season kicks off. Look, everybody has their intuition, their insights, their guts about players, but use the Elias to help validate that and back those gut those gut reactions up with the numbers. So take my advice and download the Elias Game Plan app today. With new features available all the time, take your game to the next level. All right, so my first sell is going to be Chase Edmonds. And so right now he's going RB37, 125 overall. I get it. You're not going to be able to get as much as you can for Najee Harris. But there's still people out there, whether they're Dolphins fans or, or whatever, that really desperately need a running back, and they will pay. And he is a starting, quote-unquote, starting running back for an NFL team. And so if you have Chase Edmonds, I, I assume that he's not one of your main starters. He's an extra piece. You can trade him off for either future assets or if you need a tight end, you need a receiver, you need a quarterback, whatever it is, he's someone you can flip for that. Uh, I know I'm someone that you know acquired Chase Edmonds a couple years ago, trying to, you know, hoping he was going to be the, the guy in Arizona. And at the end of the day, like he's not been able to get more than 14 touches in a game for, for half a season. He's, he's missed more time than he's played. He doesn't get the ball on the goal line. I know it's a new offense, and we don't know what to expect, but we've been through this for many seasons. I don't think you're going to regret selling him. I think you're going to regret not selling him. So that's that's my case for Chase Edmonds. Pat? Yeah, yeah it's funny. you um, like He's one of the maybe 3% of players about whom I don't have any sort of strong opinion. Like I, we haven't, it almost bothers me that we haven't learned enough from him in what we've seen. Like, uh, you know, I just kind of feel like he's not going to be a superstar and he's not a bum. And like the, the range of that doesn't really narrow the range of possible outcomes with him too much. So, um, like I'm kind of with a guy like that, where I don't know what exactly I have, especially now that they're talking about him being the, the pretty clear number one in Miami, I would be willing to sell also. All right. Well, that's Chase Edmonds. The next, uh, it's up to you, Pat. Who's your next guy? Uh, well, you teed this one up pretty nicely for me, Dave, with your endorsement of Rashad White, because uh, my cell is Leonard Fournette. And I'm just not really in on um, what happened last year. I just think that was kind of a one-off with no one else to really catch passes out of the backfield. Now they have White and Giovanni Bernard healthy again. Um, the short-term outlook for the running game, not good with the, you know, retirement of Ali Marpet, the defection and free agency of Alex Kappa, the injuries to Ryan Jensen and uh, Stinney, the backup. So just kind of looking bad here. And the dude's 27 and a half. And yet I think his value is still kind of being propped up by what he did last year. So now is a good time to uh, get out, I think. Yeah, he's someone that, you know, the, the, the price is probably not going to be the same next year, especially if Brady's not there and you want to get out before, you know, get out before it's too late. I may want to sell off a couple of shares myself because I have some Fournette in some leagues. Um, Brad, who do you got for us? Yeah, so I'm going to go rookie running back for the New York Jets, Brees Hall. And this has nothing to do with the fact that there's all these nonsense reports about Michael Carter being the RB1. Right? I'm not buying that, but when you got a rookie running back, on a pretty bad team who's coming off the board at RB7, which, keep in mind, is higher than what Najee Harris, in a system where we knew he was going to get elite volume, was going last season, going into his rookie season, where he was at RB9. I just don't understand why we're anointing Brees Hall that high right now when he's on that bad team, and he's got a solid running back. That, that's going to relieve him in certain situations. Now, I don't think this is a 50-50 split or anything like that. I just can't get behind Brees Hall at this cost. So I'd be looking to try to sell now. And then really, in my opinion, probably buy the dip next season because they're, I believe they're going to have a pretty tough season with the loss of Mekhi Becton, Zach Wilson missing a few games. It's just going to be tough. And when you can get CMC and Chuba Hubbard for Brees Hall, that's nonsense. Uh, Kenny Pickett in a first to me is very interesting in a super flex draft, especially with the 23 class or even the 24 class, depending on the, when that pick is. 
And then Ridley a first and a second. Calvin Ridley a first and a second. I always love buying guys low. That's always that's my favorite pastime. And Ridley is at an all-time low right now. He's a stud wide receiver that I think you get pretty good value uh, in that trade as well with Brees Hall. So I'm looking to try to move Brees Hall for a premium right now. Pat, your thoughts on Brees? Like him a lot. I mean, he's just below like Barkley and Jonathan Taylor levels of prospect um, and probably a better prospect than Najee and maybe even with the Becton injury running behind a better offensive line. But Brad also makes a great point. Like it's kind of crazy that he's this high, especially when it's clear that they're not going to just like let Michael Carter disappear from that offense. So um, I kind of like the the idea of, of selling him now and maybe trying to buy the dip next year. Yeah, so, um, you know, definitely trying to stay in sync with Pat. Um, so one of my sells, he wanted to buy Antonio Gibson. I'm selling Brian Robinson. Um, you know, they've already came out and said it's going to be a, you know, multiple back system. They re-signed J.D. McKissick, which was a pretty aggressive move considering, like, he's he's a running back. He's, you know, he's, he's a good part of their offense. But they got Antonio Gibson. Then they went and drafted Brian Robinson. And now you have J.D. McKissick out there. Um, you know, who knows if you're going to – like, they at the end of the year, they all may have some type of fantasy production. But what are you going to – what's going to look like on a weekly basis? I'm very concerned. And, like, J.D. McKissick, if, if the game script feeds into J.D. McKissick, it might be a McKissick week. It might be – you know, it might be a Gibson week. So I'm just nervous. But Brian Robinson right now, you got him as a third-round pick in your rookie drafts, and you can flip him – for twice that, why not? Uh, I mean, you may you may think you're selling a starting running back, or they may think they're buying a starting running back. My draft in May, he was going at the end of the second, early third round. I did a draft this weekend, and he was pick one twelve. Did another draft this weekend, he was pick one ten. It it is just getting crazy. And so, if I can get a 2023 first for Brian Robinson, I am hitting that accept button faster than anything. So. That's my thing on Brian Robinson. What are your thoughts, Pat? Very much with you on this. Um, and, and like, I've heard that he can catch passes, but I don't think there's really any room for him to do that in Washington right now. Maybe it happens for him eventually somewhere. But so then, you know, in, in dynasty leagues, which are almost always full PPR, you're looking at a, a early down, a guy who's going to share early down work and, and maybe get some goal line ops. Like, there's just not that much value to that. So I'm, I'm very much... It, crazy how the price has gone up in like rookie drafts like a full round that's just nuts yeah it's it's crazy so um next the, the next round so you have three more for you um pat your last sell uh elijah mitchell it's not like i i like what he did last year obviously but um this is a guy who's really not involved in the passing game at all and man i just like can't trust any sort of guy who comes into the league without a great prospect pedigree and then we think he's going to get like multiple years as the feature back for uh kyle shanahan when like the, the shanahan family has uh you know changed running backs the way they most people change socks throughout the year <laughs> so I'm, I'm just like selling while i can i think because that i feel like is still a pretty volatile situation yeah brad any thoughts on that yeah, it it hurts my heart so much because I loved Elijah Mitchell coming out. I, I was I kind of had him pegged after they said he was getting special teams work as, you know, I think this guy could take over and it kind of happened. Not that, you know, I have this magic crystal ball or anything, but I have like this special place in my heart for him because I actually hit on something for once. You know, I was like, yeah, woohoo, you know, uh, but not to mention the fact Trey Lance is going to scavenge some of those touchdowns so not only are you worried about volume and longevity it's is he going to get that goal line work and and even with over 200 carries he was still like the rb26 long term uh and that's with jimmy garoppolo and and not scavenging goal line touchdowns so it's just i just think the upside's capped for sure even if he does it is there for the long term brad your last sell yeah, mine is mine is James Connor, running back for the Arizona Cardinals. Currently, the RB twenty four in Dynasty. This guy was the RB five overall. It's just crazy. You think he had like this amazing season, but he he literally ran for three point seven yards a carry, and he only had thirty seven catches. 
So you're like, how did this guy finish RB5 overall? It's because of his touchdowns. And the efficiency was absolutely off the charts. He nearly tripled the expected touchdown total based on his touches and his yardage. And the things that you can get for James Conner right now are absolutely insane to me. You can move James Conner in a second for Antonio Gibson and Isaiah Spiller. Smash. James Conner for Darnell Mooney. Smash. James Conner for Devontae Parker. and Or I'm sorry, James Conner and Devontae Parker for CeeDee Lamb. Smash. All three of those trades that you're seeing over the last couple days are just absolute dynamite trades for a guy that likely is going to see a huge regression this season. Yeah, he was he was having the amazing touchdown luck early last season. It was so obviously a lucky year for him. But then uh, Edmonds got hurt, and all of a sudden he's turning in like a couple great weeks. It's just this do-everything-back that we didn't really think he was capable of. So I think that's maybe what people are buying on in this idea that like the Cardinals don't really have a, a clear number two. But I also don't think the Cardinals want him to be that guy. Like, that's just not going to happen. So if that's what you're buying, you're you're just buying something that doesn't really exist, I think. So I agree he would be a sell for me, too. Yeah, so I, I'm going to throw a, a I'll throw a two-pack out there. Um, Damian Pierce and Isaiah Pacheco. And it's just, again, the, the with Pacheco, you just – I'm going to go and return on investment and just profit and get out of here. Um, maybe you hit, maybe you don't. Um, but right now you can trade him. He's a fourth round pick or maybe a UDFA and you can trade him for, you know, I, I've seen, I posted my 2024 rankings on, on uh, for, for uh, college prospects on uh, Reddit. People are like, I just sold Pacheco for a 24 second. I just traded him for two 24 seconds. And so I'm telling people, Hey, nobody wants to give you 23s. Go get for 24s. If you're if you're looking to, to get capital, they're much easier to attain. And honestly, they're not much further off. You just got to wait a little bit and be patient. But Pacheco, but Pierce. So Damian Pierce, yes, he may be the starting running back. I get it. And D-Bro makes a great point. He is a, one of the best, best pass blocking, you know, best pass blocking running backs in the class. Probably the best. But this guy was not used as a starter in, and not as a start as a full time running back in the college game. He's going to go to a committee backfield that was a very muddled backfield on a bad offense. Yes, they've made some additions. Yes, I think Davis Mills is going to be better this year. I thought he had a very underrated season last year, but nobody's expecting this to be a top 10 offense. You're going to get a guy that doesn't have a, a, a full opportunity. And he went 106 in my rookie draft this weekend. Somebody you know, put it out there. Uh, Adam put it out yesterday. He went 104 or 105 in his. I mean, people are – if I could flip Kenneth Walker for Damian Pierce straight up, which I recently did. I traded uh, Joe Mixon and Damian Pierce, and I got Kenneth Walker and CMC. And so the league chat kind of exploded. Like, what did this guy do? I'm pretty sure he thinks he traded me Kenneth Gainwell, but I took the trade. Um, I just think Damian Pierce is a guy where he's, you know, he has some, he's got some talent. He's a good running back, but there's a reason he was drafted where he was. It's not a good offense, not a good offensive line. I'm going to go and strike while the iron's hot and see who I can get. Um, Pat, your thoughts on Damian Pierce? Um, yeah, with Pierce, uh, like I, I'm a little conflicted. He looks phenomenal. Um, I, like I'm keeping open the possibility that he is some like superstar right off the bat. But yeah, it's weird that Dan Mullen didn't use him more, although maybe Dan Mullen is just an idiot at Florida. So uh, we've, we've got to consider that. Um, yeah, but like the offense is, it's going to be hard for him to thrive in this offense. You do have to figure that Mac and Rex Burkhead are going to play some sort of role or whatever. So, like, I I would definitely rather have Ken Walker straight up now. And uh, you know, the the frenzy for Pierce right now is getting to be a little bit too much, perhaps. But um, man, I'm really intrigued though. Like, I wouldn't have taken him in redraft a couple weeks ago, and now I'm kind of like, yeah, yeah, I could probably flex him in week one of a, a managed league. Um, and as far as the Pacheco thing, the the guy who got two. 2024 firsts or seconds for him like 
a year and a half from now when they're having that draft and, and someone's asking that guy where he got all the second rounders. And when he says that, you know, two of them were from Isaiah Pacheco, I think they're going to have a good chuckle about that. <laughs> I, I have a feeling like when they look back on that one, that's going to look like, uh, yeah, that was a that was a pretty good deal to get those two picks. 100%. Well, hey, I really appreciate it, Pat. You've been really gracious with your time. Um, I know we can find you on Fantasy Pros. Is there anywhere else that we can find your work? Yeah, um, on the weekly Fits on Fantasy show. And um, I'm also a co-host of the Fantasy Pros Dynasty podcast, although we're going to be going on hiatus after next week's show. But next week's show is going to be a good one. We're going to preview the class of 2023 with Thor Nystrom, the god of love and college football. So that's going to be a good one. I hope people check that one out. And uh, people can find me on Twitter at Fitz underscore FF. Dave and Brad, thanks so much for having me. It's been a blast. Thank you. Make sure you guys go check that out. Uh, I definitely know that I am going to. And Brad, where can we find your work? Yeah, at FF Bourbon Dude on Twitter. You can find all my stuff on sportsgamblingpodcast.com. And you can also hashtag call the firm. Absolutely. All right. Well, hey, it's been a great one. I appreciate everybody. Make sure you like, subscribe, and let us know what you think about our picks. As always, good luck this season. 